0: So guys, I'm so excited to be back for season 16 of the Girls' Night podcast. And to kick off this season, we're doing something a little bit different. Since registration for my online course, Love Your Single Life is opening back up in just a few weeks, I thought it would be fitting to revisit a few of the amazing Girls' Night episodes we've had over the years, all having to do with singleness and dating and how to navigate it all. To start out with, we are going all the way back to episode seven of the podcast to a conversation I had with my very best friend, Michelle. In this conversation, we're talking about breakups, how to make it through a breakup and how to put your heart back together after one. Michelle and I have both been through our fair share of breakups, more than our fair share, I would say. And we've learned so much along the way, what to do, what not to do, what helps, what doesn't, (laughs) things that comforted us along the way, things that helped us get over it and more. Best of all, we're gonna be talking about God's redemption in all of this, how he's able to transform these broken pieces of our lives into something beautiful. He's done that for me, he's done that for Michelle, and we know that he wants to do that for you too. One thing I wanted to say before we jump in is that I know that lots of y'all have been through breakups, but I also know that some of you may have broken hearts in different ways. Maybe you just lost a job or had a falling out with a friend. Maybe you're mourning the death of a dream or even a loved one. Well, in this episode, we're gonna be talking about breakups from romantic relationships, but these ideas and principles apply to so many different types of broken hearts. So no matter what you're going through right now, I'm so glad you're here. My prayer is that this conversation brings you so much comfort as you know that you're not alone in what you're going through, peace as you're reminded that you will make it through, and hope as you get to see that God never leaves things broken for long. Okay, but before we dive in, As I mentioned, registration for my online course, Love Your Single Life is opening up again on October 17th. You guys, I'm so excited about this and I would love to have you join us. I've been teaching this course for seven years to almost 7,000 women and I am just blown away at the ways that God has used it in women's lives and in my life too. If this is your first time hearing about the course, I wanna tell you just a little bit about it. So Love Your Single Life is a four-week course that teaches a step-by-step plan to savor, enjoy, and truly make the most of your single life, all while setting yourself up for amazing relationships and marriage in the future. Here are just a few of the things we talk about in the course. We talk about how to start really enjoying your single life and making the most of every moment. I'll teach you a powerful tool for building confidence, which also happens to be your dating secret sauce. We'll talk about how to find good quality men to date, even when it feels like you've run out of options. We'll talk about how to invest in your friendships, your relationship with God, your calling, your passions, and in yourself. We'll talk about what to do with your sex drive when you're single, because it doesn't wait to show up until we're married, right? We'll talk about how to stay close to your girlfriends when you're in different stages of life, and so much more. Like I said, registration for the course only opens up twice a year, and the next time is on October 17th. You can find out all about the course and get your name on the waiting list at loveyoursinglelife.com. Again, that's loveyoursinglelife.com, and that link will also be in our show notes. The other thing I wanted to say is I know that some of you guys may be listening to this after October or during a different time of the year, and that's totally fine. Head to the website anyway, put your name on the waiting list, and you'll be the very first to know next time the course opens back up. I can't wait to share this with you. Okay, you guys ready? Let's jump into our conversation with Michelle. Guys, I I feel like I can't even find the words to tell you how excited I am for what we have going on today. You guys are about to get to meet my best friend in the whole world, my very best friend. Oh uh, gosh, I'm so excited. Um, okay, so today I have my very best friend here on the podcast, um, Michelle. And if you're wondering, is this Lipstick Gospel Michelle? Is this the Michelle you cannot stop talking about, Stephanie? Yes, this is the <laughs> Michelle. And it's so exciting because I talk about you all the time and, and you've inspired so many of the things I've written and, and you've had such a big impact on my life and I get to talk about that a lot. Um, but... Mish, like they haven't gotten to meet you yet. And so today's yeah. a really big day. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, so okay, can you just to kick this off, introduce yourself to us? Like, who are you? What do you do? Where do you live? Maybe a fun fact. I want to see if okay. you can came up with a fun fact and what it is. Okay.
1: <laughs> so, yes, my name is Michelle. Um, I've known Stephanie since we were 12. What we eight. No, wait, eight. Eight. Whoa. Sorry. Yeah, eight. we have some math problems um, here. We were in a, we went to a Gifted and talented writing camp. We did. I think our parents uh, just shipped us off on like fall break. Like here I think so. Go well, Actually, I think that I was the nerdy kid that like asked if I could go to the writing camp on fall break.
0: I you know what? I <laughs> think you might be right. I think that we were willing participants in this. Oh yeah. I fall think break. that
1: I was like soaked to go to school on fall break. Yeah. Like our school district had like some like extracurricular fall break writing workshop that Steph and I met at when we were both eight. <laughs> so crazy. So crazy. Um So that, so that means we've technically known each other for 20 years now because we're actually more than 20 years because we're 29 yeah now. Um, So yeah, uh, my name is Michelle. I live in Denver, Colorado, um, which I absolutely love. Um, I am an immigration paralegal. So I work at a law office where we help people get uh, visas and green cards and work permits. Um, So I spend all day talking to people um, from all over the world and helping them get into the United States legally. Um, I am married to a wonderful man named Alan, who is great. He's a brewer. Uh, so, cool. so we so cool. love beer. <laughs> uh, we love beer and we love music and yeah, my biggest hobby is music. I go to shows, all listen the all, the all the time. Um, my yeah, one of my biggest passions and my fun fact, which I thought about because you told me you were gonna ask me this. Yeah, and I have two. Is that okay? Yeah, you can
0: have two. <laughs> you can have whatever you want. You're my best. So friend. You can
1: number one, um, I have shook two presidents' hands, two separate presidents' hands.
0: Not the same. Did president, you know that two hands? Uh, I think I did know that, but remind me which ones.
1: So I was in a children's choir growing up, um, and it was a touring children's choir. <laughs> And uh we we, you know, we did shows and stuff, like we performed at the symphony and like blah blah. And one being in Colorado, there's a lot of like mountain towns where like old retired presidents live and we'd like go to their house and like sing at their nonprofit event or whatever. So I've shook Gerald Ford's hand and I've shook Jimmy Carter's hand.
0: That's awesome. Okay, okay. Yeah. What's your second fun fact? Uh the second wait, sorry, what were you gonna say something? <laughs> oh, I was gonna say. I'm going to add a fun fact. You guys, this could okay. go totally off the rails. I, I was talking to okay, Carl earlier today. I was like, Michelle and I have never talked and had our conversation recorded. So we, I oh. maybe apologize for whatever's about to happen. But I have a fun fact about you after okay. you do this. So what's your Oh, okay, my your next facts? fun fact? Yeah. So my next fun fact
1: um, is that I met my husband in Spain, um, when all, which we'll get into, but, uh, you know, a lot of our friends, uh, got married a few years after college and I was kind sort of flipping out cause I was still single and had this opportunity to live abroad for a year. And I thought that like living abroad would only like postpone my ability to meet a man. And then I was like, you know what, whatever, Spain's awesome. I don't need to meet a dude, whatever. And then I went to Spain and I ended up meeting Alan there. Uh, which I would have never, ever, ever, ever anticipated happening. Um, yeah, so it's funny, though. I mean, he's American. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> I'd be like, a Spanish student in Spain. But nope, I stoked out like the one American guy. <laughs> and you know what's funny is I tell that story all the time because I think that we all have this idea that we, if we go and, and chase our dreams or tra- like pursue passions or something, especially if they take us away from home, I think mm-hmm. we all have this idea that we're postponing meeting our person, whoever our person is. I thought the same thing with about, about going on the world race. I was like, my husband clearly lives in Denver, Colorado, because that's where I live. So if I leave Denver, Colorado in my mid-20s, when you're like in your prime husband finding years or whatever, <laughs> like I thought that I would totally miss out on meeting him. And it's funny because like you thought the same thing. And I have so many other friends that thought the same thing. And in the process of pursuing that passion or whatever... Like I met Carl because the world race, you met Alan in Spain. It's, I think that when we are pursuing our passions, we meet really awesome people. And that's just yep. really cool. Because a lot
1: of the time they're pursuing similar passions and totally. you just end up like doing the same things. Uh, so you think that you're like this like singular person, but you end up like running into people that, you know, align with your heart and what's important to you. And
0: so, yeah, no, I love Amen. That. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to do one more fun fact. Um, okay. just but I don't know. Now I don't know if it's funny, but about meeting presidents. I was picturing you being in Washington, DC. And oh. one fun fact about Michelle is that when she was in Washington, DC, in this children's <laughs> choir, she had this question about like it was one of those things where it was like they had the like a built-in breakfast at the hotel. And one of the things was like, so Michelle had always wondered, why do you only get two pieces of bacon when, when you get, <laughs> when you like, get... when you go to
1: a diner or you go to IHOP, like, why do they only give you two pieces of bacon? I spent my entire childhood wondering why I couldn't have more bacon.
0: So then you get to a buffet and what happened?
1: Uh so I'm 12 <laughs> and I'm like oh man it's a buffet I can eat as much bacon as I want so I probably like easily put 15 pieces of bacon on a plate by itself and just like thought it was like popcorn and just ate it all as a 12 year old and it's funny because uh I got incredibly sick like so sick and people always ask me if I've been to DC which technically is true but I like never left the hotel room and because of, uh, bacon poisoning. Oh yeah. I, I, as an adult, I don't even want to think about how many, how much fat I consumed. <laughs> like, and now I'm like, oh, that's why they don't give you more than one piece <laughs> or two pieces of bacon because like, it's a lardo, you know, machi- I don't even know. It's just like full of fat. And, uh, I feel like yep, we, solved so. the, we solved a mystery for people today. Like, yeah, if, you if you're ever wondering anything, what it's like to eat 15 pieces of bacon, I can tell you it's not good. It's not <laughs> so. as good as you think it's going to
0: be. Oh my gosh. Okay, well, so we could just hang out forever, um, which we'll yes. do that. Um, <laughs> but... Okay, so the reason I'm really excited to have Michelle here today is because um, my heart for this space is that it feels like, you know, a girl's night at your best friend's house. We're just navigating life and we're doing it together. Um, and Michelle, you and I, I feel like, learned how to do that together, learned how to, like, be best friends, learned how to walk through life together, learned how to cheer each other on and support each other and pick each other up. Like, sometimes, you know, literally, like, we've we've picked each other up and, um, from some really, really hard Um, situations in life. And so that's my heart for this space is just for for all of the awesome women in our community to know that they're not alone in what they're going through. And for us to just get to walk with them um, through this season to just encourage them and and let them know that they're okay and they're gonna be okay. And to just share what we've learned along the way. Because Mm -hmm. I think that like that kind of best friend wisdom, like I've been there and here's what worked for me is so powerful. And I know it's been in my life and I know in yours too. And so today I'm really excited um, for us, to get to talk about something that I know a lot of the women in our community have experienced or are currently experiencing, um, and that's heartbreak. That's breakups. Um, and I am i feel like it's weird for me to keep saying, like, I'm excited to have you here because of this, but I know that that's something you and I have both really walked through. Um, we've both been through, like, our total fair share of breakups, maybe more <laughs> than our fair share of breakups. <laughs> yeah. um, and the whole thing is that we've walked through them together. And so we're getting yep. to really talk about this from a really... Like Michelle has been there every time my heart's gotten broken um, and vice versa.
1: Yep. Amen.
0: So, um, so I'm really excited to talk about this today. Just, and my hope is that you guys, if, if your heart is hurting for any reason that you guys walk away feeling like you're not alone, you're not crazy for feeling the way that you're feeling with just some like um tools kind of in your pocket to make this season a little bit easier and let just hope for, for the future um about what this can look like and so we're going to talk about breakups but um I wanted to kind of say as like a little caveat in the beginning um if you are not going through a breakup right now if your heart isn't broken for that reason your heart might be broken for other reasons um mm-hmm. I know that we um our, our hearts get broken for lots of reasons losing someone we love um you know, the loss of a dream, the loss of a future plan. Um, Michelle and I both also totally know what it's like to lose jobs, like, really yeah. suddenly. And so um, I think that feels like a total heartbreak. Um, and so so my hope is that if your heart is hurting for any reason that this is helpful, we're going to talk about, like, the ending of romantic relationships, but totally feel free to apply this to whatever um, whatever you're going through right now. Um, So, Mish, can you tell us... Um, tell us a little bit about breakups in your life. Um, I sort of left this open to you. Again, it's kind of hard. It's funny because Michelle and I've never like recorded our conversations. And also <laughs> we know so much about each other's life. And so I want to kind of leave it open to you. Um, just tell us, tell us some, tell us the story of some breakups in your life and what that's has okay. like. Okay.
1: So um, I'm, like I said, 29. I think I, um, I had my first breakup uh, when I was, 17 or 18 uh, with a high school boyfriend that I dated. Um, And I think, you know, we're older and wiser now, but I think your first heartbreak, a romantic heartbreak is always the hardest, whether you're like 16 or 28 or 35 or whatever. I, I think nothing really like prepares you for That kind of feeling, because you kind of, especially your first relationship, you kind of run in with this reckless abandon. You don't actually think that anything wrong could happen. Um, You know, when I think about entering the relationship with my husband and and even you, Steph, with Carl, like we had so much more kind of caution and I don't want to say hesitation because it was a good, I think we both like entered really good, healthy relationships, but we didn't just like have this crazy 16 year old mania
0: (laughs) no totally I think yeah I completely agree um
1: and so I think the thing that was really hard about my first breakup was you know it's like your your first boyfriend's your best friend um and I think in high school too because you're in such a contained environment like you have all the same friends and you have all the same um activities and and life gets into this rhythm and then when you break up it's like everything changes Mm -hmm. and your friend group changes and and the places you want to go change. And, you know, you still have to go to school and you have to see them. And, um and I just remember like that was just so hard for me. Um, I think the thing that made it even harder was because I felt like our friend group was completely transformed. Um, And, you know, uh, the unfortunate thing was, you know, he ended the relationship and was in probably a better place than I was. And in that situation, it's easier to be, friends with the one who's okay. (laughs) And so I felt really like isolated from a lot of my friends in high school. Um, so the combination of being like an angsty teenager, uh, who did not practice good emotional or physical boundaries, um, and then losing friends and then being a senior in high school, like that was just so hard for me. Like, I think I probably would have gotten over it a little sooner if it was like, someone that I didn't have to see all the time or be reminded of all the time. Um, but I just remember just being incredibly depressed and really lost and, um, you know, just had to like really deal with a lot of changes. And I think the other thing was, um, it really brought up a lot of stuff in me that I probably should have been dealing with, you know, up in my whole life up to that point. And um, I just felt really out of control. And, um, you know, it took a while to get, to get better. Um, and I think the other thing that's hard about first breakups is like, you don't realize because you haven't gone through it, that like you can get out of it. So it just feels like, Oh my gosh, my life is always going to be like this. Like I'm always going to be sad. I'm always going to be like isolated and, um, depressed. Uh, but you know, it got better. And, um, I think the thing that was especially hard for me, uh, was, you know, Um, then, you know, that was senior year of high school and I ended up going to college and my high school ex-boyfriend and his new girlfriend actually ended up going to the college that I went to and joining the college ministry that I was in. And so it was kind of this like constant. And I also, for the most part was like single in college for the most part, like I was single. Um, it wasn't until I like got out of college that I really started dating a lot more. And so, um, you know, I was total girls, girl, total sorority girl, just like hung out with my chicks. And, but was always kind of reminded that like, I was the one that didn't get someone new or get a boyfriend or, or whatever. And you so that was
0: kind of them all the time.
1: I had to see them pretty regularly. Yeah. Um, which again, I think so much of like the residual pain was just the fact that like it didn't just like disappear. Um, it was kind of a thing, uh, for me personally. Um, uh, but then, but you know, through that, um, I didn't, I didn't become a Christian until college. Um, and so through that breakup, when I look back at that breakup, I just think of like, being like having no idea who my identity was not really, I mean, (sighs) like being a teenager is so difficult (laughs) and it's just a lot of like growing and stretching and, and growing pains. And, um, but you know, I got to college and a friend of mine like introduced me to Jesus and I, I found, I accepted Jesus at that college ministry, uh, because of an invitation that I got from a friend to go. Um, and so, you know, um, really embracing Jesus, like really helped me out in that situation and and in all of my in the whole like um lost region that I was in at that time of kind of like finding my identity in Christ and finding my identity and like in following him and and um and you know embracing what he calls us to do so that was really helpful and then um but then I uh later in college actually got another boyfriend uh, college boyfriend who, you know, I think the funny thing about these two breakups is like, one, I was 16, you know, reckless, angsty, (laughs) Michelle in high school with like
0: my emo... Shoes and my, my studded belt and my life. Holly had emotioned and you guys. I'll tell you, that's never been my scene in my life. And like I'm the worst music friend for Michelle. Like at some point, I just was like, you need to find some other friends for this. I cannot relate. But for a while, I wore like a trucker hat and like skater shoes and like a studded belt. And like I crowd surfed at concerts and I was in mosh pits and stuff, mostly just to be around Michelle and be a good friend and <laughs> hang out with her. But like I always was, I never fit in ever. I was like famous for being like who's this band again what do they sing? I don't know any of the words I'd like read them ahead of the ahead of time for the concert anyway yeah. oh yeah and that like scene was so
1: like good and bad for me at the time because it was almost cool to be like so sad and like (laughs) your life is so hard and like you know so I don't know if it was like necessarily good or bad and I listen back to that music now and I'm like oh my gosh they're so whiny like (laughs) (laughs) okay Um,
0: so so the uh college relationship how was that different
1: so the college relationship was different because, um, because I was like, you know, I had four years of really growing in my faith. Um, cause again, this was senior year of college. And so by this time, you know, I was really like, I was, I would say really rooted in, in my faith and Jesus. And, you know, I was like, so such a prayer warrior. And like, I always thought that my spiritual gift was prayer because I just like, could see God moving in big ways through prayer. And like, I was also on staff at a church at that time and and leading a Bible study. So like, you would think like, okay, like this girl's like got it together. Like she has her feet under her. And that's very much how it felt. And then when I entered the relationship, you know, it was also like, we were very like healthy and had good boundaries. And, um, you know, And he was a Christian. He was like, his dad was a pastor. Like, I don't know. It was like, I hit the jackpot, you know, like the Christian lottery or whatever. Um, And that relationship ended. I mean, he broke up with me. And um, I think the big difference was like, the big difference was I was in a much better place with my faith, but I, in terms of I could, I had hope in it and, um, you know, I trusted God's plan, especially because I had so much time in prayer. Like I really trusted God. But with that being said, it was still so hard. Like, I just remember being so sad. And like, it took me maybe a year to get over that relationship, just being so sad. Um, but the good thing was, number one, um, I had, you know, and this had so much. So, so let me loop you in, Steph. So, so when this college boyfriend broke up with me, Steph was basically there, <laughs> Because he broke up with me in a Facebook message. <laughs> oh no, I forgot about that. I
0: forgot about that. I remember the phone call, but I forgot about like, the
1: Facebook. What? Like, what? <laughs> this is like, we're talking almost 10 years ago now, but he broke up with me in a Facebook message, which now I'm kind of like, at the time I was like, Facebook message. Oh, yeah. He also broke up with me on April Fool's Day, which was very confusing. Which was confusing because a lot of people didn't believe that we had actually broken up but no we really had broken up
0: oh my gosh um and you, but, so you guys talked on the phone after the facebook message and i yes. was there i was yes. we were
1: in we were the like car together like sitting next to me cuz we were like i was in a car like inconsolable i was so upset yeah. and stephanie i think i had called her like as soon as i got the facebook message it was like you need to come over now and then that and then when she came over we ended up talking on the phone and like Um, I also remember Steph, whoa. I also remember during, again, 10 years ago, but I remember like being so upset and like feeling this need to like throw words at him to like make him really hurt Mm -hmm. for breaking up with me. And I'll never forget you looking at me and just saying like mouthing, stop and hang up the phone.
0: Oh, I don't remember
1: that. Which was like totally what I needed. Cause I think sometimes, um, when you're being hurt by someone, your first reaction is to just like tear them apart because you know them so well to like really know what can just like get them. Yeah. And I think you saw that I was going down that road and like you just were like, okay,
0: stop. And I did. This is so, um, I don't know. I have so many feelings right now. I could <laughs> I have so many feelings right now I was thinking back to all these things. Um, so I want to kind of stop here because I want to go into some of the things that like didn't help and some of the things that did um you guys know um if you've read the lipstick gospel you guys know the story of my worst breakup um and I got to be there for Michelle in this one but Michelle also got to be there for me in all of mine um but mm-hmm. you really if, if if you read the lipstick gospel um which if you haven't let's get you a copy but um if if you read it you Michelle, was able to do the exact same thing for me like I called her and was like listen you need to come over and she did and I mean I like I remember you crawling into bed with me and just being like okay let's talk about it um you I mean you quite literally like picked me up off the floor after so many breakups but um I, I think that um breakups are so many things all in one like they're so hard for so many reasons um and I really I like how you touched on those because I think that's really important that it's not just, I think it's really tempting for us to downplay how hard breakups are um, to say like, well, I mean, so like it was just a boyfriend or whatever, or to like think that there's something wrong with us for really hurting. But like, like you said, it took you a year to get over the college one. It took a long time to get over the high school one. And that's how it was for me too. Both with, I had a big high school, big high school relationship. Um, My senior also, I think we probably broke up like, I guess we broke up kind of in the summer between high school and college, but I mean, that was brutal. And like you said, yeah. with first loves, you're not sure you're going to survive because you're hurting yeah. so bad. It's like you hurt in your fingers. Like, I mean, it's yeah. it radiates everywhere and, um, and it seeps into all corners of your life. I mean, it just is so brutal. And in the first one, you don't know you're going to survive. And mm-hmm. I remember thinking in the second one, um, I remember so there was this moment um and it was right after the relationship was like completely done and I ran up to my room and I flopped down on my bed and I looked up the ceiling and I remember having two thoughts. One was, I will survive this. I know I will survive this. I'm not sure how, but I've been I've been down this road before and, and having that kind of in my back pocket, I knew I was gonna survive it and I knew at some point I would feel better. Um mm-hmm. the second Well, thing- it's interesting. I mean, again, not
1: to interrupt you, sorry.
0: Um, but
1: you know, we When one of the most helpful things that I carry to this day is the fact when you came over, when my high sorry, when my college relationship ended and I was so upset and like had gotten off the phone with him and was just like a puddle of emotion. And I just remember you like holding my hands and looking me in my, in my eyes and saying, it's hard to believe this, but you need to know that one day you will not feel like this anymore. And it's so true. And like, I think that's like, you know, I didn't, that was kind of what I needed to know is like, and honestly, kind of what you touched on earlier stuff with like heartbreak in general. I mean, you and I have both had a lot of other things going on in our life that have been heartbreaking. Like we've had family members die, family members get, um, have health issues, losing jobs and stuff. And even just that, like kind of knowing, okay, I can be in complete despair. And I know that at some point, I will heal from this.
0: Yes. I think that's so important and I feel like if 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 y'all listening walk away with anything like that's I think that's probably what we would hope you walk away with is that how you're feeling right now you won't always feel this way. Like this will get better.
1: Um and, and I so- think the other thing that's like that's good to know too with that being said and again with any kind of despair that you're feeling is the only thing that can heal it is time. The yeah. only thing, like putting one foot in front of the other and just like living because there's not really a lot you can do to super speed up the process. I mean, you can give tips of like, what's healthy and like what you should, you know, every day do to like feel better. But at some point, the only way through it is through it.
0: Totally. I completely agree. And like, so I do want to talk about a couple of things that help, either like helped and hurt in the process as we were kind of getting through it. And then um, I really want to talk about... um. So my, my hope is to give like just a couple tools for surviving this. But then Misha, I want to talk about how we've thrived through this because mm-hmm. these breakups, I mean, the worst I've ever heard. Like, I mean, absolutely. Like they just, because it's attached to your identity. It's like yeah. you said, it's attached to your friend group. Like when I, when my, I, it's, I always call my lipstick gospel boyfriend because it's easy. <laughs> um, but sorry, my <laughs> lipstick gospel boyfriend and I broke up, like, I mean, I lost, my friend group completely changed. Like there was nowhere in the city that I could go without being reminded of him. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, so many, exactly like you said, um, so many parts of my life, I was so deeply lost and insecure and unsure. And I had, I felt like my future was like a race. I mean, there were so many things. So it's, breakups are hard because they radiate into all, all these other parts of our lives. They're just not concentrated. Um, mm-hmm. But I know that you and I have really been able to not only survive them, but, but thrive. And that- I know we would both say, one, we wouldn't undo those breakups. Like we wouldn't nope. wish them away. Oh my gosh. Have you seen my husband? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, seriously. We're going to talk about that. So before we, before we get there, um, I want to talk about like, just some things that help and some things that didn't like in the aftermath. Cause yes, like time getting like the only way to get through it is time. But there are some things that I think make like prolong the process and some things that I think make the process like more, not quicker necessarily, but like more efficient. And so for me, I can kind of take one for the team here and say, I did some things really wrong in both breakups, but primarily my college one. I felt like I had more like vices at my disposal in college than I did in high school, like in high school, I I don't know what, like I didn't really get in very much trouble in high school, but I definitely did a lot more in college. Um, yeah. And so I made a lot of mistakes in the aftermath. And so I feel like a couple of things that really didn't help. One, drinking. I think that there's sort of this like cultural thing where it's like you get dumped, you go out and get drunk. And I did that for like, possibly a year really like did that for a really long time and just i was trying to run from my pain and i was trying to feel better i was trying to kind of get back out there you know to like i don't know uh, yeah get through it and like numb how hurt i was but it was never one like drinking yourself stupid is never like never adds anything good to your life two it brought out all of my emotion. And so there are so many instances I can think of where I would be in public out with my friends trying to have a good time and I would drink too much and I would end up crying and have to go home or have someone take me home because all of, it was like my emotions were this, like, were like waves pounding against like a floodgate. And then you would have me drink and all my inhibitions would come down and I would just sob in public. And so- Well, I think the other thing too is- you know, one thing you have to ask yourself
1: when it comes to like the drinking or if, you're, if your first, you know, thought is to run into drinking or something destructive. Like one thing that I always kind of had to ask myself is, is this how you're going to deal with problems in your life? <sighs> like, like when you look at yourself in the mirror and like be like, okay, this is my coping mechanism. Like, do you want this to be your coping mechanism? Because I think most people wouldn't. And so at some point you need to kind of like accept that that's a destructive way to deal with problems in general. And also accept like, look at yourself in the mirror and be like, this is not how I'm going to deal with this. Because it's like, I don't want to be the person that does this.
0: Yeah. Because at some point you need to like learn those habits of how to deal with hard things. And that's something that breakups do in our lives is teach us how to deal with pain and loss and conflict. And Mm -hmm. we learn these, like, these are the moments where we learn these lessons that teach us, like, that we carry into adulthood. It's not like at some point you go to class and they teach you how to deal with conflict. Like, this is class. This is where it ends. Yep, totally. And, like, again, I mean,
1: we both only have had to make mistakes through this. Um, You a little bit more than me because... (laughs) 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 Um, No, I mean, like, because I I was in a Christian sorority and wasn't allowed to drink. So in college, um, you know, drinking... Stephanie and I were in different sororities. <laughs>
0: I was in the Christian sorority. She was in like the cool sorority. Uh, so I love that the but, girls are giving me heat. Like I just, I feel like you should always be on. They just would get to know me so much better. I feel like getting to hear from you. That's so true. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. use directed. Clariton, thank you so much for sponsoring our girls' night. We love having you. Hey friends, I wanted to take a quick pause from my conversation with Michelle to thank our sponsor for today. Our sponsor for today's episode is an amazing company called Prose. Now, most of you have probably heard me sing the praises of Prose, the world's most personalized hair care. But for those who haven't, I wanna tell you about the incredible results I've been seeing since using my customized Prose products. Prose has given over 1 million consultations with their hair quiz, and that's how the process started for me. The quiz was so much fun. It felt like one of those magazine quizzes I used to love. It was easy, but also totally in depth. They asked me questions that I wouldn't have thought to answer like how much does your hair shed? The answer is a lot, anyone else? Or is your hair oily at the ends or just near near your scalp? So I did the hair quiz and I placed my order and just a few days later, the package showed up on my doorstep. I have a pre-shampoo mask, shampoo and conditioner. I've been using these products for a while now and it's made such a difference. My hair feels silky and soft and looks even shinier. And the other thing I like is that you can continuously customize your formula They'll help you tweak things depending on your lifestyle changes or even changes in the weather. Prose is also focused on providing clean and responsible products. Every product is free of parabens, sulfates, phthalates, mineral oils, GMOs, and is always cruelty-free. Also, if you're not 100% positive that Prose is the best hair care you've ever had, they'll take the products back no questions asked. But I have a feeling that won't be an issue for you. Friends, Pros is the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. You can take your free in-depth hair quiz and get 15% off your first order today. Just go to pros.com slash girlsnight. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash girlsnight for your free in-depth hair quiz and 15% off. Pros, thank you so much for sponsoring our girls' night. We just love having you. The other thing that I think we, we tend to do in the aftermath of a breakup is we tend to run to someone else. Um, mm-hmm. And we tend to get in rebound relationships or just like rebound hookups. There's, so, I mean, really, there. I feel like I want this to be a vulnerable space, so I'm going to tell this story. I'm going to okay. try to. I don't know. I hope this. Hold on. Hold, to hold on. Hold on, your thing. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh. Oh my gosh. So. Um. So the night that my lipstick gospel boyfriend and I broke up, this didn't make it into the book, which maybe it should have, but it's not in there. Um. I called Michelle, and um, and it was also I, like. I thought it was really late. Yeah. So it might've been like mid breakup. So, so, cause there's, I talk about a day when you came over, like after it really was over. So this might've been kind of mid breakup, but yeah. it was really late. I'm sure that there was drinking involved. I'm positive there was drinking involved. And I called you and I asked you to take me to my high school ex-boyfriend's school. And yep. because my reaction was to run from this pain and run into most recent other comforting arms I could find and mm-hmm. I remember, I mean, we, you know, you and I were talking about this earlier, like I was so upset that you kind of just like, you didn't know what else to do. Like I was so. Well, yeah.
1: And I think the other thing was, I was, I think you were really, really, really upset. And I knew that I wanted to be with you. Like I wanted to stay with you, but I, I think I also knew like the only way that we could have a conversation is if I just started driving. Yeah. Yeah you know, like, okay, well then we're going to go, but like, I'm going to spend the whole time talking to you about how bad of an idea this is. This is a really,
0: really bad idea. And she said it Uh, the whole way there, but I made her drop me off. And so that's where I spent that night. And, and I think that we tend to do that. We, we look for anyone else to like, we just look for all these places to hide our, our, our pain, um, to like bury our pain. And, and I think that that totally exacerbates the problem that makes, Mm. that makes you go from one heartbreak to two. Like now you have doubled your heartbreak because that relationship, like my high school relationship did not work out for very, like a great many reasons, you know, and, Mm. and it was, that was so unhealthy and it just added to the mess in my heart. And so, um, I completely agree with what you said, like, how are you going, what kind of person do you want to be in handling conflict? Um, and when you said the only way through it is time, I think that when we do those things, it doubles our time. Like, it just, yeah. Like you're not healing, you're hiding. And so until you start feeling the things you're feeling, that's the only way through. That's the only way to so get through. Um,
1: so we had talked about yesterday also, like um, one thing that I really had to deal with where Stephanie dealt more with like kind of the destructive drinking or running into other dudes was like my anger was all in feeling like they owed me something and that I couldn't get past it unless like either A, I could hurt them back Or B, they like realized how much they had wronged me. And like in the, you know, more than you, in the last decade of me having relationships, um, romantic relationships, I've realized that like that honestly, in my opinion, doesn't happen. (laughs) And you need to get to a place where you need to be okay with the fact that you probably will never get an apology and they probably are fine. And they don't have to be as sad as you are. And it's not your responsibility to make them as sad as you are. Because, I mean, at some point, and this is actually one of the biggest lessons I've ever learned, because it comes in so much more in any kind of relationship or life circumstance is like, you got to really surrender some things sometimes. And you need to accept that, you know, like, for example, Stephanie and I, when we were talking about this yesterday, I was talking about how, you know, a few years after my high school boyfriend and I broke up, at college and we were kind of running in the same like circles and seeing each other a lot, we somehow decided to have a conversation like three years later. Like we went to go get coffee or something to kind of like talk it out. And I think part of me was like, okay, so when we talk, I'm going to go home and I'm going to feel like this enormous weight off my shoulders. And I'm just going to feel so much better. And you know, this whole like kind of ugliness that I feel about this whole situation will just go away. And the truth is, the really, or sorry, the conversation was fine. Uh, but I didn't feel better afterwards. And I don't know, people could disagree with me. And I don't know if you agree with me stuff. But I don't actually believe in closure 100%. Yeah, like, I think when you're in a breakup, and you, and you you're with a person that you care about a lot, and then that relationship ends. Sometimes you just kind of like, got to leave. I don't know, you just got to kind of leave it be. And I think
0: it's like, I think it's less like an open door that needs to be closed and and more like something's been cut off in you. Like, and I think it's more of a healing process. Like yes. it's, and, and there's not, I completely agree. Like those conversations don't always happen. I remember I called my lipstick gospel boyfriend a while after we broke up and I had given it, I thought plenty long enough for him to be able to see one that he wanted me back. And two, <laughs> that, and two, that, um, that he like at least be able to acknowledge what we had and like mm-hmm. talk through it with me and apologize and stuff. And I called him thinking that's what was going to happen and in that conversation. He was not ready to have it, was not in a good place and wounded me more in that conversation than he even had in the breakup. Um, yeah. And and I think that we just can't put our ability to heal or our t- like we can't Prolong our healing process or hold off on starting to heal until someone else is in a healthy place where they can apologize to us. Because sometimes mm-hmm. it takes forever for them to get to a healthy place, or sometimes they're not a healthy person in the first place and they can't, they're not going to come to that place. Or mm-hmm. it just, that's putting, that's a, there's a lot of variables in that. And I think that we can't. I think, I think I totally have felt that way. And I know you have too, where it's like, I mean, I'll be able to heal once this happens or I'll feel like this is closed and I'll be able to move on once this happens. And you taught that this is something you really learned. I know. And you taught me like closure needs to be something you decide on. Like, okay, I'm going to start healing now. And so I really, um, I really want to talk about kind of the thriving bit and, um, and, and the redemption that's come out of these things in our lives. But I just wanted to kind of list off some things that I know have been really helpful for both of us mm-hmm. in the wake of a breakup or a, a broken heart. Just when your heart is hurting, these are some things that I know have helped both of us. So um, one is just like taking care of yourself. Um, mm-hmm. Misha, I know you're really good at this. And I know you especially were in college, just knowing that you needed rhythms in your life. Like mm-hmm. you were really good about going to the gym and eating healthy. And and I know that those things seem disconnected, but there's something about caring for yourself and taking care of your other needs. Um, it's like when someone, um, I don't know, this is a maybe a terrible example, but like when someone has a baby, like you can't necessarily like you can't do very much to take care of the baby, but you can make sure that their house is cleaned or that mm-hmm. you have food delivered, or you know, you can do all these, you can run errands for them. When when people or when people are sick, you can't heal them, but you can do all these other things for them. And so I think that taking care of our other needs is really important. And showing ourselves love is really important too.
1: Well, I think a lot of the things that you mentioned too, like working out or eating healthy, or like you think about your everyday life and the things that make you happy. Like I'm happy when I'm getting enough sleep. I'm happy when I'm exercising. I'm happy when I'm listening to music. I'm happy, you know, when I'm when I'm around people that I love. Like, so when I think, you know, even if you're in a place of complete unhappiness and, you know, kind of making yourself get out of the house and making yourself get out of bed. And like, you know, I think the big thing for me, like you said, was like getting to the gym, Mm -hmm. like again, because my choice was either either to lay in bed and be sad and probably crying or like wipe my face, put on some sweats and like go to the gym. It always made me feel better. Always, it, always made me feel it's better. It's just
0: taking care, like it's just helping a part of it. You know, it's like if you can't, exactly, but you can fix a small, tiny part of it. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I think, you know, something that was, um, other things that were really big for me are like journaling was really helpful. Like just getting all your feelings out. Um, and um, when we talked about closure, something that was really helpful for me was writing letters to the person and not sending them. Mm. Because there are a lot of like, things that you want to say and feelings and 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 I think m- sometimes we make the mistake of really sending those letters and they're just if they're not received the way we hope they are going to be or they make the situation worse or you know things like that but I think getting your your thoughts and your feelings out is really good and also it's really beautiful to be able to look back um I I have very specific journals from these times in my life and I can look back and remember how much I was hurting and I can see how much God's done in my life since then and that's really cool yeah totally um, another thing um, there are kind of three more things I want to mention. We could talk about these forever, but um, <laughs> one was therapy. And I mm. feel like um, you you started seeing a counselor in high school after that breakup, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, and I remember that being so helpful for you. And I feel like seeing you do that gave me permission to seek the same thing because I I really, and I think that we think that like, you should only go to therapy if something like crazy tragic has happened in your life or, you know, I, I don't know. We, I think we have these like weird caveats for, or like weird requirements. You should only go to therapy if things are really bad, but I don't know about you, but breakups feel really bad. And so I think, I can't think of a better time to, to have someone help you through what you're going through.
1: Well, I think, I mean, therapy, I think everyone should go to therapy, whether <laughs> you, I mean, I
0: just think, I think
1: that therapy, I would hope that the caveat behind like therapy would just kind of disappear because I think it's helpful for absolutely everyone, Mm -hmm. whether you have a really, really, really big issue like (laughs) drug addiction or, or whatever, even just to normal everyday life. I think therapy is really helpful. Um, I benefited greatly from therapy and probably should mention that at this time I was going through a breakup, but I also had a lot of other like stuff going on. Like I, was depressed and, um, was struggling with anxiety and, um, on top of a breakup, that was really hard. And so I ended up going to therapy for about a year and a lot of the stuff that I learned in therapy, I still apply today. Like, like the, is this how you want to deal with stuff thing? Mm -hmm. Like, I remember my, my therapist looking at me and being like, is this, do you want to be known as the person that goes and, you know, does this destructive behavior or do you want to be the person that like did it in a healthy way? Mm And that was kind of a question that was in my head. And she also helped me a lot with the whole like realizing, you know, the, my desire for, you know, some sort of punishment mm-hmm. uh, to the people that had wronged me. Totally. Um, she really, really helped me with that. And that was a much bigger issue that I had going on even before the breakup was just feeling like if you wronged me, I'm going to hit you back twice as hard.
0: Yeah. I think a lot of people feel that way, but I completely agree yeah. like therapy and the beauty of this. And, and this is kind of what I want to talk about next is, is the beauty of therapy and, and doing certain these certain things in the midst of a breakup is that they are not only healing, helping heal you from where you've been, but actually are setting you up to be a far healthier person like mm-hmm. down the road. And so, I mean, that's one of the biggest things that that breakups has, have done for me is that they bring up all of your junk. Like they just yep. like yard sale your crap. And Amen. <laughs> they, you deal, they really, they force you to deal with everything. And, and I think when we can do that in really healthy ways and really like make good choices in the midst of it, it makes us healthier people than we even were before the relationship started. Mm-hmm. And that's a really cool thing. Um, yep. the yeah. last couple of things I wanted to mention on just like getting through it and things that really help are, um, one girlfriend's I mean, Michelle and I have told you that we. I mean, I was holding her hand in the midst of a breakup, and she was picking, just picking me up off the floor. Um, Through so many breakups, and and I think that we have this tendency to want to pretend like things aren't hurting us, or like downplay, um, like pretend, yeah, pretend like we're fine. But I just don't think that does us any favors when we invite our girlfriends into our pain. It allows us to, to have, to not be alone in it and to learn from Mm -hmm. what they've learned. Like I was able to give you that advice about breakups because I had walked through my own and that was helpful to you, but you had been able to give me advice during that breakup because you had walked through your own. And so we get to just like hand advice back and forth. Um, and like when we invest in our friendships, even when it's after a breakup and even in a time where it's like, I really need you, that's, that. intimacy happens in friendships in those times and so our our friendship is stronger because of the hard times we've walked each other through and so Mm -hmm. surrounding yourself with girlfriends is huge and then the last one i feel like is last but absolutely not least is diving into our relationship with the lord that like this is i think maybe sometimes we feel like we offend god by coming to him more when we're really broken like like i don't you know like well, I haven't talked to you in a while, but now I'm really yeah. broken. So now I need you. But you know what? I do not think God cares a single bit. Like he is so happy to talk to you and and loves you and knows exactly what you're going through and wants to be close to you. And like, He, this is the perfect, perfect time to get mm-hmm. closer to him and to really like connect with him. And, um, and, and yeah. when we do those things, when we work through our junk and when we invest in our girlfriends and when we invest in our relationship with God and when we really care for ourselves and our bodies and our lives, um, that sets us up not only to get through this breakup well, but it, it makes us better for the rest of life. And I know that you and I are totally better in our lives because of the way that we let breakups work in us. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, it's um. so I was telling Stephanie this story yesterday. So Stephanie and I were involved in this college ministry called the Annex, uh, which I don't know Do you call it the Annex in the book?
0: Uh, I think I do. If you guys live in Boulder, Colorado, and you are in college, go to the Annex. Um, Our best friend is currently the assistant director there. She's amazing. We love the people there. You guys, it's an awesome college ministry. Get involved with the Annex.
1: Yeah, both me and Stephanie, like basically met Jesus through this college ministry, um, which we absolutely loved. And a lot of our friends, even today, come from that ministry. And um, But anyway, so every year... um, I uh, so every year they had a t- Christmas talent show, mm-hmm. um, where like you could sign up and like I think they had auditions too, so it was like super legit. Uh, I, but
0: I, you had put it on one year, and I had to be the one auditioning people.
1: It was, oh like- <laughs> yeah. So you had like a cappella groups and like drum circles and like soloists <laughs> and dancers and like all the stuff. Yeah. So it was like the big last annex before Christmas break, and um, like I said, my my high school ex-boyfriend and his his new girlfriend attended the annex and they were they uh were singers like they they sing together so um every year i think freshman freshman sophomore junior and senior year they performed a christmas on 16th street together um they would sing something um and it was always like you know i'd really love to go and like i also said i was single in college for the most part, like very single. Um, and I think that that was always like really hard for me. Um, like the comparison thing and also loving the annex, but also being like, I'm sitting in this giant room with a whole bunch of people and I have to see my ex and his new girlfriend singing a song. And it was always like, I hated it. Um, it was just kind of an annoying thing. And I think it was like my junior year. Um, they were singing, it was Christmas on 16th street, which was the name of the talent show. And they were singing in. And I think I just kind of hit a wall. Like, I think I kind of was like in my head, like threw my fist down Where it was like, that's it. You know, (laughs) I was like, how many years do I have to see this? Like, (laughs) um, and I got like really upset in my head and I'm like sitting there and I'm just getting like more and more angry. And in my head, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to leave. Like, I don't need to be here. I can just leave. Um, but I was like, you know what, Michelle, like just pray, just like pray. Um, and so I just, I started praying to God and I started asking for, um, for this feeling of anger to evaporate. And, um, after like a minute or so of prayer, it it just, it was like, it just lifted. Like I, I felt the Holy Spirit in a really strong way, just it lifted and I was comfortable um and i remembered it, it's like one of the very few times that i i think that god spoke to me um i remember him saying something like what makes you think that i won't do something in your life that makes all of this worth it and i was really fortunate because i feel like i took that with me for you know i didn't meet my husband for another 8 years or something <laughs> i don't know <laughs> um but I just, I had this like hope and the important thing to note is he did not mention, I will bring you a man that will make this worth it. Like he did not, the words was, I mean, I definitely hoped that's what it meant, but I didn't, I wasn't like, oh, well, God's going to bring me like a, a superhero because <laughs> all the pain that I've, you know, gone through or whatever. But I definitely like had this hope that, that all of this was, was not on, you know, completely unnecessary. Yeah. And that I had this hope that if I kind of just kept that God doesn't do anything without a reason. And, um, and that pain, not even just with them, but like I took that message with me for years and like the whole time that I I really struggled with singleness a lot. Um, because becoming from a Christian sorority, a lot of my friends like got married right out of college mm-hmm. and, um, you know, going to a lot of weddings and being single and just kind of wondering, like, what about me? You know? Um, but I just like always remembered, like, knowing that, like, God told me that he had something big for me. Like, God told me that that this was because I think at that point, it seemed so unnecessary. Like, I was like, God, like three years in a row of like, just seeing these people that I would just ended in
0: high school, like, yeah. Yes. I was like, what? Like what am I doing? Like <laughs> um Well, so okay, but, so here's my question. And I and um I'll totally let you brag in Alan in a second. Okay. So Alan aside, um, so like you heard God, like God said that to you. Like he comforted you without saying, listen, like I'm gonna redeem this. And I feel like some of the girls listening may be like, well, God didn't tell me that, that he uh-huh. would do that from me. But you know what? He did. Like, that is all over scripture, that God brings dead things to life, that he brings beauty out of ashes. Like, he is a God that redeems broken things and makes them better than they were before. Um, mm-hmm. And so that is a promise, not just for Michelle. Like, he just reminded her of a promise that he's given all of us in that moment. And so that's true for you, too. Like, there is not a single way in the whole world that this is going to be broken forever. There's not a sing- This is not too broken for God to redeem or repair or heal. Um, and the, who our God is, is that he makes things like better than they were before. So he won't just heal this. He will make this better than it was. And so Alan aside, Mish, um, I would love just for us to talk really quick about how, have, how has God done that in your life? Alan aside, and then we can talk about him in a second like how has he redeemed this in your life these these breakups well I mean again I think all I think
1: all despair is an opportunity for us to learn about ourselves and to learn how to get through it um I am in a super happy place in my life I'm, I'm incredibly content at this moment but because of the things I've gone through I know that that I'll I will i will have hope when more despair comes. And it also gave me, and you and I have talked about this, but like being single was really hard, especially, you know, you get broken up with and then on top of that, you struggle with singleness, right? Which (laughs) is like a whole other thing. Yep. And, but we both got to do some really beautiful things in our singleness. Like we, like, you know, I've always said, if you meet the love of your life at, you know, 20, that or whatever, that's great. That's a huge blessing. You met your best friend so early, you're going to get married and you're going to have the best time. You're going to adventure together. And that's your story. Our story was that we didn't meet our husbands till a little later in our twenties. And me and Stephanie, uh, got to do some awesome things. Like I lived abroad for a year and we, you know, I lived, I lived in Costa Rica. I lived in Spain. Um, I lived alone, when I was living in the United States, um, I got to dive into my girl friendships. Like I've always said, I'm a girl's girl. Like I love my husband, but I like, just like my girlfriends are it for me. Like I, and I feel like, because I was single, like I was able to really invest in my friendships. And now that I'm not single, I'm realizing that it is much harder when you to like really dive in and be 100% present when you kind of have, you're sharing your life with another person. Mm-hmm. Um, And so when I look back at it, like, I think the timing for both of us was so perfect. And I wish that I could go back and tell myself to just like chill that everything would happen in its own time. And, but I think at the same time, one thing that was a huge blessing about the hope that you and I had Steph, was, yeah, we knew we were single, but we also saw blessings in the singleness. Like we were like, okay, well I can go where I can go. On the world race, I can go to Spain. I won't be missing anyone. Like I can be one hundred percent present in every moment of any adventure that I pick because it's just me. And so, when I look back at like the breakups and stuff, like for example, how much my college boyfriend hurt, because I think when you have a college boyfriend, you like think you're going to marry them because like you could potentially totally um, twelve when you met exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're not like yeah, you're not in eighth grade. Yeah. You're like actually could maybe marry them. Yeah. Um, I'm like happy that that didn't happen. I'm happy that when I entered the world as a a post-grad, that I had this incredible freedom. And for me, that was a huge blessing. It it doesn't have to be a blessing for everyone, but it it was a huge blessing for me.
0: I agree. And I think that um, through through being single in our 20s, like, I mean, yeah, you and I had the best adventures together. Like we had the, (laughs) best friend time, like you and I both have such strong, wonderful female friendships. And you're right. Like we have more time to invest in those. And those friendships have carried into our marriages. And we had time to figure out who we who we are and what we believe. We had time to to like root ourselves in our faith in God, which I, I always say this, but like godly marriages don't start once you get married. Godly marriages are when two godly people get married. Like, mm-hmm. like our... Our whole future, like, we were able to figure out what we're passionate about. We were able to take steps forward in our careers. We were able to, yeah, pick up and travel, like, whenever. Um, We were able to live alone. We were able to adventure in our city. We were able to, like, yeah, just figure out who we are. We were able to work through a lot of our junk in our life. Um, And all of those things, I can see the fruit of all of the the women we were able to become in our 20s as we were single. I can see Mm -hmm. the fruit of... And, and all the hard work we did post breakups because again yep. it like brings all your stuff out so you if, if you kind of deal with it, I can see the fruit of of those decisions and and how we lived that way in our marriages times a thousand like mm. I absolutely can and and I know for me like I wouldn't take back one of those breakups at all and if and if you were to have told me in those moments like you'll be happy this happened one day I would have maybe punched you <laughs> but but really like, I don't know if I ever would have become. I mean, he probably would have gotten a hold of me somehow, but I wouldn't have become a Christian when I did without that breakup. I met Jesus yep. through that breakup, and I know that your breakups totally led you to Jesus. Also, like yep. I'm way closer in my relationship with God because, again, a broken heart brings you to your knees fast, and God's mm-hmm. like, "That's okay. Like I'm not mad. <laughs> like I got you, that's girl. Okay. That's great. Um, I'm much more confident in my skin because." breakups make you so insecure and you have to like put that back together, you know? And and I'm put back together so much like more whole and competent than I could have been otherwise. Um, yeah, I worked through so much of my junk and my past and my insecurities and just everything. Um, I learned so much about relationships and all of those things, um, all those things came from, from these breakups. I mean, like I got to write the lipstick gospel because I went through that breakup. Like that was a story I earned the hard way but i'm so glad that i was able to to live through that and see and see god's faithfulness and his redemption in that because now i can turn around and say hey guys like you're going to survive this you're going to be okay god is so good and he has a plan for your life that is so much bigger than you can even imagine and none yeah. of those things would have happened without so those true. breakups yeah. um so the other thing is um i think that when we're going through a breakup we worry that we have just lost the best person we'll ever find and I know that I worried that at every turn, that every time I was like, this is my person and I lost them and I'll never be happy again and I'll never find someone new. Um, and I actually, I was on the world race and I had, I was kind of going through a bit of a breakup um, on the world race. And I really thought, I thought I had met my person. I thought he was the best person I'd ever find. And I thought that like, I lost them. And that's a whole new level of despair. Well, so I'm sitting on this rooftop in Malaysia and, um, I'm talking to my friend, Christian, who's just super wise. I'm gonna have to tell him to listen to this. Well, I'm gonna have to tell his mom, cause this was through his mom. So <laughs> Christian tells me, he goes, Seth, he, he was like, my mom always tells me this. You're going to marry the coolest person you've ever met. The person you marry will be the coolest person you've ever met. And I was like, how do you know? And he was like, Seth, are you really going to marry someone who's like, you know, less than someone else? Like in the past, it just doesn't work that way. Like All of the people that I met along the way were really good people. I I had some crappy boyfriends, but also had some really good ones, but they weren't right for me in a whole lot of ways. And I wasn't able to see that in the moment, like in the midst of it. But looking back, I can totally see why they weren't right for me and why they weren't the best fit for me. They did teach me so much about what I wanted in a relationship. and, And each person, I'm like, that taught me so much about, I learned this about myself through that relationship. I learned this about God through that relationship. Um... I grew in this way through that relationship, or this showed me what I'm what I was really looking for long term. Um, each person kind of had a little piece of it. Um, but I mean, Christian was absolutely right, his mom was absolutely right. That like one, God does not give crappy gifts. God is not like, I'm gonna take this great guy away in order to give you someone who stinks. Like, our God does not work that way. Um, and I know, like, for me, and I can't wait to hear from you. Like, I know for me. Carl is absolutely hands down the coolest person I've ever met. He is t- all of those boyfriends mixed together times a bazillion. I'm I'm not missing anything by not being with those other people. And so the breakups were so hard, but they taught me so much. And really, they the process of, of going through them and trying to really go through them healthfully in the process of living my single life to the full, that whole thing, I mean, God just brought, like by the time God and I walked through all of that together, by the time I bumped into Carl Wilson, I was so ready and I was totally like the person I wanted to be when I met him. Mm-hmm. Our relationship is so much healthier and better and more fun because of all the things we've both learned along the way. Mm-hmm. And really, like, I absolutely am married to the coolest guy I've ever met. Not Dude,
1: you never told me. Okay, first of all, I wish you told me that little tidbit about marrying the coolest person you ever met. Like, this is the first time I've ever heard you say that. <laughs> sorry, Why it's it's you so Why do you say that like years <laughs> ago?
0: I should have told you that earlier. I'm sorry. Yeah, I-
1: true. I mean, it's definitely true. But like, if I knew I was like gonna marry the coolest person I ever met back then, I would have been like, sweet. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, and I know that I agree. That's so true for you. Like, yeah, uh, it's funny, because, um, I referred to my college boyfriend. um, And again, I had, we talked about we've talked about our big breakups. I've had a number of boyfriends. um, But my college boyfriend, that was, like I said, really hard. It took me like a year to get over it. And then even after, like, I was kind of over it. I always referred to him as the one that got away. And like <laughs> the Katy Perry song, like the one that got away. I was like, oh, that's him. Like, totally. oh, I'm going to grow up and I'm just going to be old. If anyone's seen the Katy Perry music video for the one that got away, she she gets really old and is thinking about this like romance that she had when she was like in her 20s or something. And I was like, that's going to be me. Like, this is going to be the guy that got away. And like, I'm going to marry someone else who's like not as cool. And then I'll just be thinking about my college boyfriend for the rest of my life. I totally,
0: Yeah. I totally thought the same thing.
1: Yeah. And so, um, and it's funny too, because like right before my husband and I started actually being like more than friends, because my husband and I ended up, we were friends for a few years before we started dating. But I actually like, bit, again, it got together with my college boyfriend. Um, cause we ran into each other like after not seeing each other for four years and we got, we got like a beer or something. And, It was after like three years of being like the one that he was the one that got away. I kind of was like, okay, he's not. He's a normal person. Mm -hmm. He's not for me. This didn't work out for a reason. This sucks. Um, But then I met Alan. Then I started dating Alan like a month later. So the timing was great because by the time I was like entering a relationship with Alan, this other guy was no longer like the one that got or the romanticized version of like whatever I thought. Totally. Um, no, but it's like, it's so true. Like, um, I, I literally am married to the best man I've ever met. Like when I first met Alan, like <laughs> I, this is no joke. So I met Alan in Spain, but you know, when you're, when you meet an American in Spain, you're like, I don't know what your trajectory is. Like, are you going back to the United States? Are you staying in Europe forever? Like, I think when I met Alan, I, my initial thought was I'm, My initial thought was not, I'm going to date this man, Mm -hmm. like, or I'm going to marry this man. I more just was like, this guy is so nice. Like, and he's, he just like treats everyone so well. Like he, he impressed me so much just by how he treated me and how he treated other people. And I literally went home and I have this today. Like I have it. I journaled and I was like, thank you, Lord, for showing me that men like this exist and the woman that marries this man will be the luckiest woman in the world. And it happened to be you. I know, which is so weird. And I actually mean, like I legit did not think it was going to be me. Like I more was like, then he'll go on with his life and then I'll go back to like my world. And like, you know, I thought we were like passing ships in the night. Like, you know, when you're traveling in Europe, you like meet random people and you just yeah. like think you'll never see them again. Yeah. Um. But yeah,
0: I mean, and it's so true. Like, why would you marry someone that you didn't
1: think was the coolest person?
0: Yeah, like it totally, true. it's, Yes. Yes. There's so much hope. And I, and I think that that's um, just what I hope that girls can walk away with right now. Like one, it is so okay that you're hurting. Breakups are brutal and they just are. And they take time and, and they they do. They just take time. Um, but when we can make some intentional decisions to, to choose positive things, to surround ourselves with good people, to dig through the junk that's like being pulled up by this breakout breakup, and and even to like really live our single lives as fully as possible, like it just sets us up so well for a really, really good life. We have, there's so much hope there and so much goodness ahead. And and really like God is so good. And he just, he loves us to pieces. And And that promise that you heard that day is so true for all of us. Like it just is. He has such good things for us. If you could go back and tell yourself something in the midst of your breakups, in the midst of your broken heart, what would you go back and tell her?
1: I think I would tell her that um she's a lot more freedom than she knows if that makes sense like when i think of freedom i think like i think when you're broken up with you feel so powerless and you feel like so helpless and that you don't have any control and part of me wishes that i could go back and be like you're going to do some great powerful amazing things and they're going to come from you and from god like you're going to travel you're going to fall in love you're gonna you're gonna be hurt again <laughs> so just hold on tight you know like but it's gonna be good and you're gonna love it and that's like what I would say and the other thing is like life is just so beautiful like the possibilities are endless and I wish I could tell her because I think the other thing is it's like when you're heartbroken your vision is so narrow mm-hmm. and like you can't really see past what's going on and yeah. and I think to have someone come in that situation and remind you like okay there's Life is going to go on and it's going to be beautiful. And right now, all you can see is this thing right in front of you. But there's so much more out there. That's what I, I think I would
0: say. I love that. I love that. Okay, well, Michelle, I really honestly can't believe it. I didn't cry in this conversation because it really, one, you know, I'm such a crybaby. I'm such a crybaby. But well, I'm such a crier. I'm not a baby. But really, it it means so much to me to get to share you with my girls. I'm so honored to get to introduce them to you and you to them. Um, You are, I mean, you know this, but you are huge in my life. You have made such a difference in my life and you are my person who is not my husband. Um, And that's made things more complicated. You know, you have to be like, you're my best friend. That's a girl. And really, like you are my person and I've learned everything I've learned about life and God and myself. I've learned either from you or alongside you. And so, Thank you for being here. You guys, isn't Michelle amazing? I just love her and I love her story. Don't forget that if you ever want to find the links for anything we talk about in our Girls' Night episodes, you can always find those over in our show notes. Just head over to girlsnightpodcast.com and you'll find links for everything. And don't forget, registration for my online course, Love Your Single Life is opening up soon, October 17th. Registration is only open for a few days each year, and so make sure to head to loveyoursinglelife.com and get your name on the waiting list so you don't miss it. Again, that's loveyoursinglelife.com. All right, friends, that's it for today's episode, but we have so much good stuff ahead this season. And with that in mind, now is the perfect time to make sure you're subscribed. Subscribing to the show is the best way to make sure you never miss an episode. It won't send you an email or anything. It just makes sure your phone downloads the latest episode when a new one's released. And I did want to take a quick second to ask y'all a favor. If you enjoyed this episode, or if you've been a Girls' Night fan for a while now, would you take just two quick seconds to leave us a rating and a review on iTunes? Those reviews help out our podcast so much, and it really would mean the world to me. So if you take two quick seconds to do that, I'd be so grateful. Friends, thanks so much for joining me for Girls' Night, and I'll see you next week.